Please listen carefully. Welcome to Books with Brooks, a podcast about books we love, why we think they're important, and why we think you should read them. I'm Jesse. I'm Elijah. And we're happy you're here. I'm Again. happy you're here. <laughs> you keep saying that. I did? Oh, I probably <laughs> you did. You always said that. <laughs> I think I said it twice. I'm sorry. But I'm happy that to hear it. I'm not going to complain uh, about that. Yeah. You're so cute. Okay, that's not the place for this. (laughs) All right, we're on chapter 8 of the Living Church, which is This is the last chapter. Last chapter. Last chapter. Yep. The last chapter in the saga. (laughs) Except it's not a saga. Impact! Boom! Wow, you've got a lot of them this morning. You're on it. I've had a lot of coffee. But we're talking about impact. Yeah! What is the impact of the church on the world? What is the impact that Christians are supposed to have? Impact. People love this word. They want to make an impact. My, um, when I was in high school, my youth, well. Impact. Not my youth group, but the summer, like, missions um, thing that we would do, it was called Impact. Impact. It's a big deal. Doing, like, a little ninja thing. Yeah. Yeah, we understand. They can't see. Anyways. So, impact. We're talking about Christian impact. The impact of a living church. What kind of impact does a living church have on uh, the world, the community around it? Um, yeah. And this is kind of, I don't, like, I don't even know like how he went about these things. If he's, how he ordered them. But this is a fitting last one. We've talked about all these things. And then so we're talking about how does... Is it putting, it's putting them all together in a way. Definitely, like, this would obviously be the bottom one, like, we, you know, you're not going to discuss impact first and discuss other things. Well, it's I kind of, you, do, you work your way down, right? So, we talked about how everything flows from, we have, like, our hands up in the air, like, we're going through a Like, there's a big here. invisible list right here. You know, we, we start by, um, talking about... The essentials, then worship, evangelism. You know, we talked about how worship starts it all. That's where, like, our core is. And there's an arm out of that. That's evangelism. An arm out of that, which is ministry, then fellowship, then preaching and giving. It all flows from each other, but it all starts with, like, the essentials and yeah. worship being one of them. Now I think about it, that makes sense. You know, so it flows all the way. We can't have one without the other coming first. We can't. We can't do it. It's it's um. What's the passage where the the body's all assembled of different parts? The arm, the hand can't work without the mm-hmm. arm. The feet can't work without. Yeah. You know, the body can't work without the head. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's it essentially. And isn't that a beautiful thing? How God structures our whole world that way. It's gorgeous. That's very cool. So here we are. Impact. Um, can you hear me Bible? No. Yes, here you go. Matthew five thirteen through 16. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father 
who is in heaven. So, these images of Christians being salt and light, this is the call for all Christians. Mm-hmm. What do these images about salt and light first tell us about Christian people? These images, these word, these word pictures. Um, they tell us that um, Christians are different than non-Christians, radically so. Yeah. Um, also, I would say that um, Christians uh, permeate non-Christian society. Okay. And Christians can influence and change non-Christian society. Okay. And Christian society. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But we're talking about impact here. I know, I know. I'm just saying. It's good. It's a fair point. I'm not very good at staying on track. <laughs> no, you're like, like I want to. Here's the context we're talking about, but I want to make sure I my tentacles you, go out. Use my tentacles. You're you an should octopus. see the inside of my brain. I'm learning very. It probably looks like everybody else's brain. You know, the, there is like a beauty to learning. That's funny. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> There is beauty in seeing, like, as we grow as Christians, how our th- how we organize our thoughts to be able to fit the conversation. Because I've noticed that recently with myself of, like, I have so many thoughts and it's hard to funnel them, <laughs> funnel them through. And then listen and actually be able to relay what I'm thinking. <laughs> Anybody else have that problem? Yeah, Elijah's laughing because he knows it all too bad. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think about those three? We're, We're starting with the first one. Yeah, I just like me in general. What do you think about these? Hmm. Okay, so like Christians are radically different than non-Christians. That doesn't mean like we're different beings. Like we're all people still, right? Yeah. But with these images of salt and light, like he's making distinctives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're distinguishing factors. Like, like, so salt would have been used for preservation. Mm-hmm. They weren't, like, sprinkling on food to make it salty or, like, putting it on their margarita glass, from their margarita glass or anything like that. Like, oh it was my gosh. preservation, right? I cannot believe you just said that. And so, like, then, <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's just funny. Oh. This is all off the top of my head, Jesse. No, you're doing great. I, I am. Thank you. No, that's why we're here. We're discussing but, it. But, <laughs> um... Good conversation. But, like, the salt would be applied to meat to preserve it. Like, the salt's different from the meat. Yeah. And then, like, light, as he's talking about, shines into the darkness. So it's different. Yeah. It And that, if, I mean, it goes into the other things, obviously, but just this difference, this distinctiveness, this... So, something cha- I am. Something changes us, and it's God who changes us, and He changes our hearts, and He changes our desires, and He reorients um, our thoughts. He reorients what we seek after, um, what we strive for, and what we want to happen in the world. Yeah. Um, so, I think like, a big part of the difference is that we're made different. We're yeah. just not different. We're made different. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm not sure where to start. Pick two of them. Never mind, that's just another thought you have to have. <laughs> my new thought. How do I pick from my thoughts? Um, we're made different. Are we made different? So I just mean transformed. 
Well, that's not what you said. Okay, yeah, but I mean, no, we, we are created the same, but then when we are given the gift of faith and um, God breathes life into our hearts and gives us new life, life through the blood of Jesus and cleanses us from... So when we become our, a Christian. Yeah, our sin and our rebellion, when we become a Christian, we are... Made new. Made new. Yes, made new. We are transformed. What's the, that passage? What's the passage of that? Let's go back to scripture. The Bible, Jesse. What makes that biblical? <laughs> the freaking Bible. Um, hold on. Let me find it. Well, so that came, that came to my mind because, you know, I've had conversations with friends who aren't Christians. And if I were to have said we are made different, that debunks everything I think. Because we weren't made different. Because they're still made in the image of God. Yeah. They're still his uh, creation, his children in a sense. Mm-hmm. But they do not know him. And, you know, he will say to them, I have not known you unless mm-hmm. they become Christians. And there's there's a different lifestyle that we live, which I guess is what you're talking about. Yeah. But I just wanted to dig into that. Sure. And I think... <laughs> You know, if we talk about people who we know who are non Christians, they know we're they know we're Christians. They um, I think this is something that is um, I wouldn't say intuitive, but like there's something different, or there is at least the and there should be the expectation that there is something different about us. Well, they will know that we are different by the way that we. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So Second Corinthians five sixteen. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Mm-hmm. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So we've been reconciled to God, and in that we're made into a new creation. Yeah. God has transformed us. Okay, it's thought number two. You told me I could pick two. Uh, go ahead. So I have a second one. Great. From that original statement. Um, we hear a lot in the church that we're supposed to be set apart and we, we should look different. How do we do that without, um, trying too hard? Does that make sense? Of we're supposed to look different, but does, would you say that comes naturally because of what we believe, or is that something that we have to work at so people see us differently? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because if we're just if we just hear that statement, mm-hmm. I think it, we can try too hard, and then sometimes it comes off as arrogance, or we're not sensitive to other people. Well, this is the idea of, of. I don't know. That might be wrong. You know, they play this out in evangelism and in. Other instances in this book, but the, the principle of that we are in the world, not of it, we've been called out of it to go back into the world. And so we're not distinct as in uh, we live in, like, a little commune outside of, like, civilization, and we all just, like, grow our own food all the time and wear funny-looking clothes. And, you know, um, it's, it's uh, the, our hearts have been transformed, and then through the transformation of our hearts by the Holy Spirit and the outworking of the Holy Spirit, the grace of God and the Holy Spirit in us, what we do outwardly is also transformed. Like it's a it's a reality of the heart that takes place first, right? 
And so it's not necessarily external as much as it is that the internal influences what so, happens externally. So, like for instance, the transforming of our heart, that can be anything from like what we were talking about with giving, right? That I'm understanding, I'm beginning to understand God's grace and I first give myself to Him. Yeah. Right? So that then can show itself that I'm more patient. I listen better. I give of my time. I am not all about myself. That is that like a good example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I just, yeah, I think about that a lot. And I think we all need to work through that because it does not mean that we tell people that they're wrong all the time. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, the difference isn't that we're, you know, got our big megaphone saying, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. Do what I do, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, That's we're not cool. ostracizing ourselves from others. We're not mm-hmm. ostracizing ourselves from the community living, but we are different. Well, and, that, and, the, and there are distinctives that are uniquely Christian that... Yeah, and I think even about. in that, like, the distinctives are... Sorry, I'm getting more into the nitty-gritty of... We take the time to understand um, other people's, Christian and non-Christians, point of view from their stance. So that could be their misunderstanding of the gospel, their struggles with the gospel, their... Um, uh, what... Yeah, all those things. We're stepping into their shoes. We're not compromising what we believe and stepping back from it, but we're taking the time to hear and to understand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's going with the salt and light metaphor. Salt's always salty. Mm -hmm. It says, salt's not salty. The only thing it's good for is, well, if you live in... uh, where we are right now, Highway, Michigan, it's good for de-icing roads, but otherwise it's just good for you to trample on it and do nothing with. And yeah. a light that's hidden does no good. So salt is always salty, light's always light. Yeah. Right? But then it's the way in which we permeate society, which is his second point, with those distinctives that um, is what matters. And remember, when we live our lives in the world, when we live our lives as Christians, mm-hmm. who are we testifying to? Are we testifying to ourselves? Mm-hmm. It will, or are we testifying to God? If we're testifying to ourselves, we're going to be legalistic. We're going to be, I'm right, you're wrong. We're going to be obnoxious. We're going to be, you know, belligerent. Yeah. Sorry, if I we're have... seeking to <sighs> image God, yeah. we're going to look different. I don't want to lose this stuff. No. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. Um, I just had this thought of, I was talking about listening to other people and how that's important in the process of being salt and light, right? And I was trying to think of, like, a visual metaphor for that to make it um, more clear because we have something good to learn from other people who are different from us, meaning that could be non-Christians. So, that being said, the salt has no purpose if there's no meat to put it on. Exactly. So we need them just as much as they need us. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that's a good way, but of like saying it like that, I don't know if I'd say that to somebody, but of saying we still we have stuff to learn and gain from understanding and listening to 
others' point of view who are not like us. Yeah, like self-centeredness and self-righteousness is not impact. It's not impact. Self-righteousness is not being salt. But we confuse impact with correction, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Or I do. Totally. I get caught in that. Yeah, like, fight. I mean, a big thing in America is, like, certain... um, People in Christianity are like talk about like culture wars, like warring against culture and things like that, and like there are things that we're supposed to be involved in societally, but yeah, if we take that, if that's what we make live being a Christian in the world, then I think what a lot of time happens is that we turn into what you're talking about, having a deaf ear, mm-hmm. um, and pursuing our own righteousness mm-hmm. instead of God's righteousness. And I think you no. Know, we, I mentioned that as Christians, our lives are reprioritized. Yeah. Our priorities are different. Um, yeah. We are is adopted sons and daughters of Christ. We now belong to his kingdom. And one of the kingdom distinctives, so to say, um, what citizens of God's kingdom are called to is to display his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, ta- and this is something Stott talks about, that... Um, Christ's righteousness, again, isn't an outward righteousness. It's inward that produces change in our lives, mm-hmm. uh, in our hearts, in our minds, and our actions. And so this is a greater righteousness that we're called to because it's not a righteousness of ourselves. It's Christ. Well, it's going back to, to worship and asking the question, who is exactly. God? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Who is God? Like, if that's our highest priority, our impact is going to be a huge element of worship. Because I was going to say, impact is worship, isn't it? It's yeah. bringing glory to his name. And, I, you know, going back to what you said at the beginning, that's why he starts with it. That's and that it's our, it. it's our priority. Yeah. All right. Good chat. I mean, we're not done, but that was good. See I really later. enjoyed that part. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I think that's good. Um, good things to think about. Um, cool things that talks about when he talks about Christians permeating non-Christian society is he reflects on his life quickly. And how, as he was younger, he had what he calls a pyramid of vocations. So he's, like, growing up um, in his circle. The pyramid of vocation was, is, like, if you're going to be at the top of the pyramid, you're going to go uh, into ministry. Or, like, this is the idea of, like, the top of the vocation of Christians is, like, the ministry. And then it's, like, doctor, lawyer, something else, like a good profession. And then the bottom of the pyramid is everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, the bottom rung. Like, there's a level of importance to these vocations as Christians. Like, you're um, almost like a level two or three Christian instead of a level one Christian. Yeah. If you're, depending on the vocation you have. And he's like, that is not true. No. And it's not. Why do we do that? I don't know. Oh. And, it, well, it's, I think well, it's, a, it's a big problem, I think, a lot of Christians face is how do I be a Christian in my workplace how do I be a Christian in the other spheres I live in because you know like frankly we talked about the difficulties that and the stresses and the huge responsibility that there exists in being like a pastor like in vocational ministry for instance Mm -hmm. but as far as like looking at the criteria and the guidelines of the things you have to fulfill Mm -hmm. like how to be a Christian in your workplace that's pretty easy (laughs) Yeah. Like, it, it's almost like being a Christian is your job. Yeah. I mean, it is for other people, but then they're living 
these lives and professions where they are an accountant, they're um, they're working in, in tech, in design, in um, in home renovation, and building and construction, and all these things. And so, I think it's it's we can easily create that pyramid in our own minds. Well, and it's I would say like experiencing that form of Christian life is so important for all of us. Like, you know, you and I have talked about there's an importance of because vocationally we are in ministry, we find it important that one of us is always doing a secular job of some sort. Quote unquote, yeah. You know, because yeah, quote unquote, right. Because or a job that's outside of the church, outside of yeah. ministry. Um, whether that's just uh, volunteering in the community or something. Because we can create this bubble that then suggests all those things that you're talking about. Yeah. And we're, we're called to step out of this bubble. That's what impact is. Yeah. Um, to be in our communities, to, you know... Or else, how is anybody going to... How is somebody who does not know the gospel of Christ learn about it if no one's out there to share it? Yeah. And there is an importance. We, I think our bubbles, quote-unquote, are a safe, comfortable space. Sure. And just like giving, we need to be pushed to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And when we're uncomfortable, that's when we grow and we actually... The Lord uses that for us to understand Him better and to grow in relationship with Him, even though that sounds kind of counteractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, as a part piece of encouragement, um, mm-hmm. as far as impact goes and practical things, um, Stott lists a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted, like, I think two of these are really good, especially in this area, and for all things, prayer, don't underestimate it. Prayer yeah. changes our hearts. Prayer is a call of dependence upon the Lord. Um, it help, it re, God uses it for us to experience His grace to reorient our priorities, um, our desires, and our wills. Um, but it, you know, in experiencing God's grace, it also gives us the ability to be open to the Holy Spirit and His power and His leading. So don't underestimate prayer. But then also... The Lord will use you, can use you just by your example. Like, think about it. He's God. He spoke the world into existence out of nothing. He can use the smallest of means in your life and in your example to have an impact for his kingdom. And so, like, I think this is, a, this is what we're left with every Sunday when we leave service, right? Love others, be kind, and tell the good story of Jesus. Right? And all those things go hand in hand. They'll know we are Christians by the way that we love each other. That They'll know we are Christians by our love and our ex- the example that in the way that which we lead our lives, uh, to put in this way, is gives off this a different aroma, a different flavor that should lead people to ask, like, what is it? Well, like, it's, it's Christ, right? And it's, it's, so it's not just the words... It's not just the topics we talk about or telling people directly about Jesus. It is that, but I think it's also the way in which we talk about things. Are we very negative about the things that we talk about? Mm -hmm. Are we down in the dumps all the time? But 
Also, are we realistic about the struggles that we're having? Are we actually sharing our struggles and then our hope within our struggle? Yeah. You know, so that's very hard, challenging to do. Yeah. It's really hard. It is uh, very hard. Something I was encouraged to do before is um, I try to do it at least once a week because the Lord is giving us something. He's doing something. He's faithful. There's something to give thanks to the Lord. There's a lot to give thanks to the Lord in every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't slow down sometimes to recognize that. And so our perspective isn't always rooted in that. Uh, so I was encouraged once to try to do um, at least once a week. And I journal a lot because in prayer, I find my mind wanders when I just sit and I pray in my head or out loud. I have a hard time staying on task, um, which is a struggle that I ask for help in. But um, So I journal a lot, and in that, part of what I do is I write the things that I'm thankful for in this past week. What do I have to give thanks for? And when we constantly bring ourselves to that perspective again, the way in which we talk about things, the way in which we um, come to terms with things, we approach things, is different. Because we're anchored in in that. Yeah. And I think we talked about that a little bit with evangelism. Of It's not always our words, but our actions and our perspective. Yeah. And how we respond says a lot. Yeah. It is salt and light. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I love that. And I think that's a good... That's a really good thing to remember, especially when we think about the way in which we interact and if we want to influence society. Um, we have to discuss how we do this. And I think a lot of that, what you're saying, is has to do with the manner in which we go about it. Mm-hmm. The, I think that's so big. It's not exactly what we do, it's how we do it. or how what we say, how we say it. My um, mom used to say that to me all the time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah, and I hated weird. it, but now I find myself saying that to other people. Mm. <laughs> so true, though. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the images he uses, um, I want to read a, a quote Stott has. So he's talking specifically about light. If the house is dark at night, there is no sense in blaming the house for its darkness. That is what happens when the sun goes down. The question to ask is, where is the light? Mm. And going back to your point about, you know, there's no room for pessimism in Christianity. Mm. And I think that's something so easy to follow. What's happened to the world? Like, look at how far we've fallen and come, like... Blah 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 blah. You know all these things that you can you can hear. Like I wish it was how it used to be. I don't think it's fair to do the blah 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 thing. Oh, okay, okay. I I'm not like reducing it to nuts. I'm just saying like that's just. Yes. We have a limited amount of time here. I'm just saying. No, I know. Um. But I think. The question we have to ask ourselves is where's the church been in all of this? Like you can't blame. The house. Or it being dark if it's dark. You know what I mean? That's what happens. Where's the light? What are we doing? I mean, it's a thing of, 
Are we, are we self-reflective or are we reactive to what's going on? Yeah. And I think that's just, it's really easy to look outside of ourselves and not realize the responsibility that, that we, we do need it. to take as followers of Christ in those things. Yeah, in that, though, I want to hear your thoughts on... I had a discussion with a friend uh, a year or so ago about how it's very off-putting when Christians say, like, the the whole I'm going to change the world perspective... Yeah. Because I think that can also be the other, the opposite end of what you're talking about. Yeah. I struggle with that. Because are, are we supposed to have that, that perspective of we'd like to change the world because we'd like to see all, all people come to know the Lord? But is there an arrogance in that of saying, I can change the world? Yeah. Like, you know, and and her specific example was, um, you know, missions trips. We go to these places for a week thinking we're going to change. Not all people, but there there is a trend sometimes. Yeah, that's like a short-term missions culture thing in a lot of ways. Yeah, of I'm going to change the world like they need me here. Where that's off-putting because these people, they... They are thankful for your help. The Lord will use you, but it is not you that is changing the world. Yeah. I I just, there's a back and forth in my head about it because I agree with her. Yeah. Well, I think even the way in which you put it and which people, when people say that, how they put it is really telling, isn't it? Well, because non-believers hear that and they're like, oh, so you think you can do everything, do you? Yeah. Like, what I have, like, what I do is not important because you think you're going to change the world. I also think that's a culture, uh, post-Christian, a secular thing, too, that we find in our world, that everyone thinks that they can change the world. And, and, but there's good in that, right? There is good in that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, yeah, 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 absolutely. But where does it go too far? Yeah. It, I mean, you're just saying that statement, it's total self-righteousness, isn't it? Mm. Which, again, what we're talking about has no place if you call Christ your Lord. You call Him your Lord and Savior. Because, like, even that word Savior, He has saved you. He's given you life, and you have not done it. It's been Christ and Christ alone. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And so, our prayer shouldn't be, I'm going to change the world. God, help me change the world. Our prayer should be, Lord, use me as you see fit. May I have, may may I be used to have impact and to bring glory to your name where I'm at, where I am, right? Yeah. I think that's just. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Exactly. And like, the Lord's prayer is huge in this, right? Um, Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. So it comes, like what you're saying is it comes back to, you said this a little previously in this episode, of our, um, 
our intentions are where our um, motive lies, right? That was this episode. Yeah. Where where your or like ambition, so to evaluating speak. our motives is very important mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. And yeah. is that what you're saying that falls into that? Yeah, thought? I think that's a that's a Christian distinctive. It's something distinctive about Christianity is that what we've been called to, we have been called to something higher than ourselves, and then therefore our ambition is to something outside of ourselves. So our priorities mm-hmm. aren't our own priorities. We're not seeking, um, we're not seeking something for us to do. We're not seeking that we invoke change in the world. Um, our m- mind is set on the kingdom of God, and that's our ambition. And like, it's just time the Lord's prayer. Christ establishes that what that is, mm-hmm. the Lord's kingdom, the Lord's will, right? And that is not something to be ignored. There's no. purpose in that. Exactly. And distinguishing. Interesting. Yeah. So I that's a really, I like, I'm glad you brought that up. So I think that's something really we important. We all need to be thinking about that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We're done. That was the last chapter. Yeah. Thank you, Alana, for sharing your thoughts with me. I really enjoyed our discussions. Jesse, I like talking to you about this. <laughs> it was fun. Um, we should do it again sometime. We should. Hmm. Maybe hmm. we will. Huh. I don't know. You'll just have to find out later. Bye.